can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the method to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. If you're listening live in Auckland, New Zealand, God knows why you would be, but uh, good morning. And from our virtual living room studio deep in the underground living quarters and bubblegum chew-a-thon in Area 51, welcome to TalkCast 275 of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Uh, enjoying a brief respite from the monotony of the mundane, I'm sitting here covered in pine pollen, a sickly green, and it's just disgusting. I am the sneezing dome this week. Joining the podcast tonight, the rest of the gang of four in the Revere Time Vortex, technical omnivore, running everything behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. Uh, basically, she just enjoys pushing people's buttons. It's her own girl genius, Griana. Drowning my sims in the pool since 1992. Nicely done. I wonder if Zombrarian is there. If not, we can make fun of her, but I'm guessing she isn't. So, anybody want to make fun of Zombrarian before she gets back? Moving on, from a, <laughs> from a galaxy not as far away as you might think, the woman in chainmail, adoring everything Marvel, with her Howard the Duck Funko Pop and Agent Carter red lipstick, Sir Sarah Lady Knight. I hung up a new fan art of Peggy today. It's beautiful. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> and so different from any other day of my life exactly well we've had him on before and he's back again our guest artist griffin s griffin welcome to the show i, I made some new peggy carter fan art fairly recently Ooh, i'll have to check it out <laughs> hi thank you for having me yeah, you're very welcome. It's always a pleasure to have you on, especially when you've got something new and weird to talk about, including Peggy Carter fan art. Oh, my uh, God, I always have something weird going on. I've noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> and in the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about all the weirdness that is our pal Griffin. But first, the news. We're almost getting good with that. Nicely done. Yeah, well, baby. <laughs> that, that, that backbeat of the... I think that's uh, you're all weirdos in Morse code. I might have translated it wrong, but I'm pretty sure. I think it's pretty damn Sounds close, about right. to be honest with you. So the question is, where do we want to start tonight? Last night, we uh, all sat in front of our our televisions and watched the two-hour season finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., well, 50% of us did that. Oh. Uh-oh. So, Some of us did not watch it last night, but are planning to watch it very soon. Some of us are in Trub Trubs. Uh -oh. Some of us have a really cute cat, though. Turn <laughs> in the microphone. Yes, it's That was amazing. <laughs> I'm a sucker for cats purring. I mean, the cats in cat general, will purr like, the microphone on command. Oh, yeah, nice. she really actually oh, will. I have just oh, have God. to put her next to the microphone and then scratch her ear. Oh, baby. 
Okay. And really, what do need nerds need to hear about more than cats? Cats, nothing, are literally nothing. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. And we're good. Um, so, Agents of Shield last night, two-hour finale, possibly the worst-rated show of season two, uh, and that, if and only, was because. The ratings were only for broadcast television, did not count in DVR and time shifting, which is stupid. That's half their audience. Yeah. It also seems weird that they wouldn't take into consideration that people are probably skipping it because if they haven't seen the Ultron yet, then they might think something's weird. Yeah, well, and something is terribly weird with the show. I mean, the show took off. Did you get to see it, Griff? I, I didn't. Okay, well, you can plug your ears for spoilers or, or not, as the case may be. Oh, spoilers don't face me. Go ahead. Okay, good. I mean, it was possibly the most muddled episode in terms of plot that they've done so far. And that was a shame because they had some really decent things to play with. Uh, the war with the Inhumans came to a a crashing, ugly kind of end. There was hmm. a... Yes? No, no, just listening, sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's an actual comment to be made there. And and the end that they, they put in had this ugly little cliffhanger involved uh, that they threw in in the last five seconds. Uh, Sky has a new mission, and... Colson is missing a hand, but other than that, it was pretty what? again. Yes, again. Damn it! So, now I, I'm going to have to do another um, handless thumb wrestling, or not thumb wrestling, but on a handless arm wrestling drawing of him and Lannister, or him and uh, Merle, or something. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Him and Luke Skywalker, because I was just going to say. Oh my Nick god! Fury tell him that he was his father before chopping it off because <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining yeah. that. And they're just saying that because they're both black, and that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord! Hey, no, there were those twins that were all over the news a while ago because they're biracial, and one of them looks white, and one of them looks black. My friend Alex has kids like that. It's not uncommon, apparently. No, it's totally not. Um, he's Jewish, and his wife is black and Puerto Rican, and they have two twin girls, and one of them is white with nappy hair, and one of them is black with really straight hair. It is a, an odd combination, but it's not unheard of. Oh, that's got to look amazing. So, Nick Fury could totally be Coulson's father. That's <laughs> Where we're going with this, Andy's got the deep voice and the big black coat. I'm seeing it. It's worth I'm your father. Oh, God. No, that's impossible. Actually, I could probably see how that would work. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're waiting for Sarah to get Sarah, you back? Yes, I am back. Hello. Oh. Sorry. I, um, was just uh, trying to figure out what we were talking about. We were talking <laughs> about the ridiculousness at the end of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh my fucking god. 
I am literally going to die. Well, first that's of it. all, that's all I got. Colson will never give you a high five, but that's a whole other story. He can give me a high five with his other hand, and he's probably going to get a prosthetic arm. He's just going to like call up Tony Stark and be like, "Yay, Tony! Um, I got my I got my hand cut off. Can you uh, can you build me something for that?" So I'm going to be like, "Oh, hey, you're not dead. Um, sure, I I guess." <laughs> Maybe. That's that's exactly how it's gonna go, right? Yeah. And and dumping the crystals into the ocean, good idea, oh bad idea. Oh my god! My roommate texted me because um, I was watching into my friend's house, and she was like, "So now I'm debating whether or not to start taking the fish oil that I <laughs> just got because on the one hand, possible death. On the other <laughs> hand, possible superpowers." Possible metahuman time. Right? You just won't know till you take the pill. It's not going to work anymore, Ed. That could work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a scary thought, but that could work. So, I mean, how did you feel about it, Sarah? Seriously. There were some things I really liked, 90% of it. And there were some things that I didn't like, Fitzsimmons. And there are some things that made me... Oh, God, that last two seconds. Thank you. I almost and die? Wait, did you almost forget that Fitzsimmons are, like, going on a date and I'm not, I'm not okay with it? I don't want it to what? happen because I don't, want, I don't ship Fitzsimmons. I think it's a lazy... And it's, it's the expected choice, and I think it's lazy writing. And if they Sweet. get together, I'm going to be really mad. Sweetheart. Sweetheart, did yeah. you not see the last five seconds of the episode? No, yeah, when she gets fucking eaten by the uh, the fucking the 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 blob. The blob. Right, I, I pretty much think the date's off at that point. Oh, yeah, but the important thing is Simmons. No, the important thing is that if they kill Gemma Simmons, I'm going to find them and murder them in their sleep. It looks like that. That's exactly what they just did. But she might be, she might have superpowers. She might come back as a supervillain. That would be really cool, actually. I don't know why she would be a supervillain, not a superhero, but I'm just going to go with it. Well, I'm going with the fact that she's dead. Coulson nope. can't drive Lola anymore. Oh. And, and Cal has, is spaying and neutering pets. Yeah, that was actually kind of funny. Kind of sad, but also really funny. Uh, we're sitting there watching, and, and and my wife is going, what the hell is happening here? And I just looked at her just... and I went, Tahiti. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, that was like, you know, that's Tahiti at its finest, what they did there. Uh-huh. There were just so many things that happened. I'm still kind of trying to make sense of all of them. Like, it was two hours and it was two hours of literally no downtime like i was worried about like every single person in the episode at one point my live tweets are just hysterical just absolutely hysterical like i'm just losing my entire mind what is your twitter handle so when i go to finally watch these i can scroll through your twitter feed as it happens yes it's are you a real monster but with uh, the letters r and u then a real monster. Okay. Everyone follow me. I yell about things. 
mostly Agent Carter and, you know, Cartinelli and, and Skimmins. And la- I yell about ladies forever. <laughs> yeah, we should Which probably get so that in the post. Which is than what I do so on the show. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. much the same thing. Oh, I can actually go on the Google Doc now because I uh, actually have a computer again. Yay! I mean, I always had a computer, but I, I didn't have my charger, which was great. The reason you didn't actually have a computer. Yes. It was physically <laughs> there, but there was nothing. Nothing. Just, yes, this is where and we are. Aren't all our listeners lucky to be getting an intricate backstage look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so fascinating. We're just so interesting. Yeah, there's that too. Anyway, uh, while we're just talking about uh, the the Marvel Universe and uh, how we're going to be able to see uh, Peggy Carter at Boston Comic Con in a couple of months, uh, Agent Carter did get is going to get a second season with some significant ah! changes, and none of the changes are cast related, which I think is amazing. They better not be. And what are the changes? Well, the biggest change is moving. They are moving to LA. I'm sorry, I stole your thunder. <laughs> but they're moving to LA, and I don't know if she's bringing Angie with her. And I need her. I I just I need her her to bring Angie with her. And if she doesn't, I don't. I just don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I feel Angie's like after that. I feel like after that season yes. finale, if she doesn't bring Angie with her. The fans will revolt. Yeah. Well, I feel like Haley Atwell is not going to let them not bring, like, Angie. Because she, like, she's Haley Atwell. Yeah. And here's the thing. With the story, it totally works. Because Angie could decide that she wants to break into the movies and... That's in L.A. And they live together, so... Like and that yes. was something people were really excited about. Was and she's together. already in my fan art, so she has to. Otherwise, it's going to ruin everything. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Griffin, how do I find this fan art? I'm looking at your website. I don't see it. Where is it? Tell me where I find okay, it. I'll, I'll post the link to the chat thingy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, somebody needs to spend some serious coin on Haley Atwell memorabilia. Forever and ever. <coughs> Triptych. Yes. So many things. Three whole arts. So can can I talk about something I'm excited about? Yes. We're not going to talk about Marvel for five minutes. It's okay. What? <gasps> what? Anyway. Are other things? There are other things. So I don't believe you. Yeah, so when I disappeared from the show a couple months ago, I also disappeared from everything. And I am just now getting caught back up on our rival podcast, Welcome to Night Vale. Which is not actually our rival podcast because their format is completely different. But anyway, I wanted to talk about them for a minute. um, Because when they pre-released their novel 
um, which is not coming out until October, it shot to number two of all books on Amazon within 24 hours. And I would just like to take a moment and appreciate the fact that nerds can still take a small indie thing that people like. They can nerds can still take cool stuff they like and turn it into something huge without Disney or you know DC being behind it. And I just think that's cool. It's kind of a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah, and I didn't get to talk about it. I didn't get to talk about it before, so I'm talking about it now. That's it's a good thing to talk about. I mean, you know, when you run a podcast like we do, and all we do is talk about cool shit we like, uh, and Welcome to Night Vale is one of those. So, yeah, definitely. Yay. And, if you, and it's one of the top podcasts on iTunes, much yeah, like us. Um, but <laughs> if you look at the top ten podcasts, they're all stuff like podcast versions of NPR and Rush Limbaugh's show and um, things from the stuff, the stuff conglomerate of podcasts like Stuff You Missed in History Class and Stuff You Should Know and Stuff Mom Never Told You. And, and then there, sitting there, is this podcast that started as people thinking it was funny and just doing it for fun. So that was cool. And I don't know. I've had a lot of caffeine today. <laughs> the end. Love Zombrary. And let's talk about Muppets. You want to talk about Muppets? Because I've got other stuff I want to talk about too, but. Um, Muppets are important. <sighs> okay. I haven't actually watched the trailer yet, so you're going to have to talk about it. The trailer is a, a whole new direction for the Muppet show. Uh, I mean, we've seen it as a, uh, a variety kind of uh, burlesque show. Uh, we, in the original Muppet show, we've seen different incarnations of it all along, like Muppets Tonight. This one is all kind of behind-the-scene backstory stuff. And you've got to really sit down and uh, watch the trailer for it. It's quite good. So kind of going back to their roots with like a Muppet movie-esque thing. Very much so. Because the Muppet movie was the story about how they all... For those of you who don't know, the Muppet <laughs> movie is the story about how they all went to Hollywood and signed a contract to become rich and famous. The funniest part in, in this trailer is, in fact, Rolf wearing the collar of shame. Oh, the cone of shame. <clears throat> because he couldn't stop licking his stitches. Why did he have stitches? This is very distressing. It was an accident. Oh, no. He said, oh, when, does, when does the cone come off? He said, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's so nice to see all these characters again. 
And the Muppets really have always been a really wonderful... I hear that the humor in this one is more adult. That they're Somewhat. aiming more for a nostalgia crowd than for kids. And that makes me a little bit nervous. Because I feel like in the early movies, they were very good at having those tongue-in-cheek moments and intelligent humor. But it was still also very kid-accessible. And I, I just don't want it to stop being kid-accessible. And no Muppet should be talking about nipples. Ever. <laughs> you hear me, Muppet Wizard of Oz? Mm, you don't exist. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, the reality <laughs> is, I really think that the audience they're going for is those kids from 20, 30 years ago. Because a whole, there's a whole lot of bringing them back into it and bringing a new generation into them as well. So I think it, I think it works at a bunch of different levels. I can't wait to see what the writing is, uh, the level of the writing over the course of five or six episodes. Um, if Brian Henson has anything to do with it, and I'm sure that he does, uh, he has a legacy to uh, curate and care for, and he's done a good job of it to this point with a couple of glaring mistakes, but leave that as a baby. I feel like those glaring mistakes were people trying to tell him how to do it, yeah, and I think right. he and when he puts his foot down and says no, I know the Muppets, and that's not the Muppets. That's when it gets better. Yeah, um, it absolutely does. Now, small tangent for a second. Okay. I almost wish. I really wish for Brian Henson that he hadn't had to take over that mantle of the Muppets. Because his stuff in the creature shop was so very much his own thing. Right. And when I think about it, it's all stuff that I loved as much as the Muppets, just in a different way. And I feel kind of bad that he's had to put that on the back burner a little bit. No, I'm not sure that he has. Uh, I think uh, the, the creature shop challenge. Oh, that uh, is so much fun. Is so cool to watch, and it's so Brian uh, and, and wonderful. And what's cool about that show, again, we've talked about it before, but I want to talk about it again now, okay. is that even seeing the background stuff happen and even looking into the mechanics of those creatures, it doesn't make them any less when you actually see them on screen moving around and doing their thing. I think it actually makes them more accessible in a lot of ways because you 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 watch the process of uh, inanimate parts become a, a living creature. Uh, and, and the better they do it, the, the more alive that creature becomes. Yeah. And, of course, that group is the best of the best of the uh, the up-and-coming people, so... You do get to see some pretty cool stuff. But, uh, okay, so here's my horrible segue. Okay, go. As good as the Muppet Show trailer is for next season, CBS is about to 
bring Supergirl to the small screen. And this trailer <clears throat> has been described as, hey, do you remember on Saturday Night Live when Scarlett Johansson did the, uh, uh, the trailer for her show for, for Black Widow? And everybody goes, yeah. Well, Supergirl, worse than that. Who helps Jimmy Olsen eat ice cream? <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy Olsen. I haven't seen no it yet. So, oh, well, first thing is it's six and a half minutes. What? A the, trailer? The Supergirl trailer is six and that a half. That is a minutes. long fucking trailer. <laughs> yes, That's a it is. Teaser episode. And, yeah, and, that is like it, a webisode. It, it features Supergirl as much as it features. Callista Flockhart as uh, not Supergirl, but the, the uh, female Perry White in this story. Which is a cool idea, and I think Callista Flockhart could pull it off, but... Huh? Exactly. It's a huge... Huh? And it doesn't seem to go anywhere. It's got elements of the group version of Everybody's Cool in the Flash, and we can all talk like buddies, but we know you're the superhero, but we're all kind of buddies, and, and it's odd at any number of levels. The argument that she has with her boyfriend over the big S on her chest, and she has to explain to him, it's not an S. Okay, whatever. What I'm sorry, Sarah, it? Sarah. That was not me. That, that was, was me. me. <laughs> Whoever was starring, you were absolutely right. <laughs> if it's not an S, what is it? It's the Kryptonian symbol of her family that just happens to look like an S. Uh, Superman is such a stupid, stupid universe. I hate Superman. <laughs> yeah, same. Every time same. someone tells me something canon about Superman, I hate it more. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. I only know one person who likes Superman, and I don't even entirely believe them. My brother did when we were little. Like, we had knockdown dragouts about it, and my grandma tried to tell us that both of them were fine. <laughs> but then I presented my argument, and my grandma who was, like, the sweetest lady ever, looked at my brother and said, I don't know, buddy. And that's <laughs> how much everyone hates Superman. Even your yeah. grandma hated Even Superman. Even my grandma hates Superman. Oh, yeah, Lord. it's pretty awful. Oh, God, six-minute trailer. CBS. Almost seven, actually. CBS oh, was like, we've got Lord. to compete with, with, with Gotham. Or wait, is Gotham <laughs> on CBS? No, Gotham is a CW. The way you yeah. described the promo, it sounds more like it should be on ABC Family. Oh, God. Yeah, actually, it should be. Probably be better on ABC Family, honestly. Supergirl would have... <laughs> the people the who power. adopt... Supergirl would be lesbians who live in a goat farm in Vermont. <laughs> I want that. That is the show that I would watch. I would watch that show. 
I would watch that show. Liars, one right after the other. No, uh, and yeah. and 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 Supergirl, and they have another daughter who's deaf, who got switched at birth. <laughs> all I the this. all the ABC Family shows with Supergirl, and yeah. make it a million times more interesting. Yes, <laughs> I, I yeah. love this. And then someone dies and keeps texting Supergirl. <laughs> perfect. That's oh, perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Wait, but Kriana is Pretty Little Liar. Kriana will be is an expert in Pretty Little Liars. Kriana is Pretty Little Liars, ABC Family, or CW. I don't know. I watch it on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> this because my friend is a writer on it. I think it's... I'm sorry. I think it's the CW. I think it's the CW because she gave me a tour of the WB lot when I saw her. She was working on it. So I think I don't know. I I haven't watched it in a long time, so... Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you all there. I failed this podcast. Nicely. You have failed this podcast. It's on ABC Family, actually. You're so wrong! wrong. I I was was so right. I don't care about your life. Hey, at least I can admit when I'm wrong. Truth. (laughs) Um, Can we go back for a second to the Supergirl thing and say that this sounds bad for a Superman franchise, and that's just wrong. Do we have It's Time to Talk to the Guest music? Almost. No, we don't. Okay, well, I'm declaring it to be... Well, not yet. Not yet. That was for you, Griffin. That was new. I didn't know what to do with that. I kind of froze up. (laughs) Okay, we'll get that. It's all for you. Get that queued up and ready to go. No, we're doing it now. No, we're going to the Kickstarter of the no. week. No, oh, oh. Kickstarter of the week. Nobody. Is it mine? The, the Kickstarter of the week this week is S- Simon Stalinog's Tales from the Loop. And it's two a uh, two-book compendium of paintings from a childhood that never was in a future that could have been. Uh, it's like kids playing with robots, fighting police cars. It's amazingly cool stuff. Um, It's been referred to as my life as a dog mixed with Transformers. Absolutely brilliant. A hint of that rare kind that seems perfectly natural after it's made, but it's every science fiction nerd's wet dream. And I kind of agree. Okay, can we put a moratorium on using wet dream positively? Please. I'm reading a quote. I understand that, but I this is just generally. So that being, that being said, I now hate this, and let's talk about our guest. No, let me finish. Uh, I don't think so. It's a two-book set, and it's really, really interesting. The link uh, has a whole bunch of pictures from the book in it. It's an expensive Kickstarter. But uh, it's kind of worth it. Not endorsed by Kriana. 
Well, what what a shock there, kids. But you know who I do endorse? Who do you endorse, Kriana? Please Our guest us. tonight. Well, then, by all means, continue. Yeah, our guest is awesome. That's all I've got. Hi. Hi, Griffin. The Kickstarter does sound kind of cool, except for the organizing in my sleep thing. <laughs> it's weird and gross, right? <laughs> if you're going to orgasm, orgasm when you're awake and you can enjoy it. It doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel weird and rapey. <laughs> I, I don't even want to go near this anymore. <laughs> really? Why not? It does. It did sound like a cool thing. But yeah, hi. How are you all? Thank you for having me. That's, I'm here. Well, thanks for being had. <laughs> Speaking of sounding weird and rapey. <laughs> I, I, I was had. How are you? <laughs> you may and Creepy Jar. Call Griffin from Phone Hugs and Therapy. You might recall him from seeing him at cons all over the place with the big banner. I can draw anything. I dare you to defy that. He can, though. He can, though. Yeah. And he's got some other projects coming up and some projects that are going on hiatus for a while. So, Griff, let's talk about first. uh, Phone Hugs and Therapy is going on vacation for a while, huh? Soon, yes. Um, So... My whole life kind of went weird for a while. Still in the middle of burning down around me, but it's gonna be on something. But it kind of forced us to make a weird decision with the um, production schedule, and I kind of pulled an executive decision and uh, said that after episode thirty, we're gonna go on a mild hiatus and then start releasing eight episode seasons, probably two or three times a year. We're gonna look at the schedule soon, but. We're still, we still have a bunch of episodes backlog, so they're going to be coming out until 30. It's just, it, I want to count down. And you, you're still going to continue doing them, and that, that yeah. wonderfully weird idea of superheroes on phone therapy. <laughs> well, I think we, we wanted to see one if we could do it, and if it would work, and we did that, and it's been about a year, which we didn't expect to be able to run this long doing two a month, but, like, every morning before George goes to work, he's editing episodes, and then we're always up against the wall trying to get the next one out, and then we have to, like, constantly just shove people into rooms in bursts and panics trying to record stuff, so we figure, or at least I figured, that with everything going weird and us having a nice backlog now of 30 episodes, then you know, we can take our time a little bit and plan out some little internal story arcs and try to do a little more thematic episodes um, as opposed to just trying to, you know, throw everyone in a blender and see what sticks. So basically, you're going to become the Netflix of podcasts in that (laughs) you're just going to do an entire season in one and throw it out there. Exactly. We'll probably do the same way. Three-day recording first and just, you know, put a bonus episode Perfect. Yeah. So while you're busy not having to worry about deadlines with that anymore, instead of relaxing and taking a breath every once in a while because you're in the middle of running towards con season with, yes. uh, good Lord, uh, you, you're, you're taking on a whole bunch of other projects at the same time. The first project is called Creative Acclamation Podcast. 
Yes. And this is actually something that's going to build because of con season. I've been working on the idea for a little bit. But um, so one of the things I do is I offer creativity counseling for other creators and artists and writers and stuff where because I have a psychology background and I understand this really well, like I'll sit down with someone and they'll tell me about the writer's block they've been having or some issues with like finishing projects where they have all these ideas but they can't get to the end of any of them. And you know, within like two or three sessions, I've pinpointed the glitch in their process and then given them a few things that they can work on. And then a month later, I hear back that they've done eight new things and it's fantastic. But um, I'm still trying to build that up. So what I'm going to do during con season is record little interviews with other creators about how they do their process and weird stories that they've run into that were either really inspiring or really horrifying, where they almost like fell off of their path or where they really got kicked into it again. Basically trying to showcase for other people who want to create stuff that, you know, there is no easy way to do this. There's no template. There's no clarity. It's all just kind of, you know, not flinching when things go wrong. You muck through it, for Christ's sake. That's yeah. what we all do. But some people don't know that. They think it's just like that whole overnight success bullshit that people are... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that whole overnight success thing that people trip over. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I just kind of said it. You can say bullshit. Nobody oh, okay. fucking cares. It's fine. <laughs> okay. No, oh, we don't swear that. on this show. No swearing. <laughs> This is Ugh. a family show. Okay. Right? What the fuck? I, Why are we swearing for? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I want to, and again, with, the, with this podcast, I want to do little episode bursts also, but I'm going to do these through my YouTube page primarily um, and, you know, showcase the artists and the performers and I'm like going to interview every, like I have two musicians I've already interviewed and at con season, I'm going to grab who I can and start having chats with them and it should be neat. And there's, other than that, there's no structure, no, no, like, has to be 15 minutes. It's just... Um, I don't think so yet. I think what's been, actually, I have, I have an idea of how I want to handle this, but I'm not exactly sure if I can make it work yet. But what I'm hoping to do is sit down with each creator for about 40 to 60 minutes and do a chunk of that as, like, a feature... 20 minutes-ish, like, tell me about you and what you do and blah, 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 and we'll do, like, a sh like I'll do showcase episodes for them specifically. And then as people give me those little conversational topics of, like, three to four-minute stories of, like, oh, and then this happened this one time. Oh, and then there was this other time. I remember this. I'm going to look for the common threads and do something more like The Moth, where um, I'm going to thread those stories together into, like, four different creators talking about a similar kind of thing in one episode. But i got to figure out if I can make that work. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's tricky. But I like them off, so I think I, I, I understand the format enough to try to pull it off, but I'm not sure. So the, the couple of interviews that you've done already, how, are, how, how did those work out for you? They worked out really well. Um, they were both done in cafes, and luckily I have a pretty good portable like recorder system thingy, so the quality's decent enough. Um, but it also feels a little bit more like you're hanging out with, like it's, it's more sounds like you're at the table because you have a little bit of the ambient noise, but it's not cutting into the conversation. So hopefully that'll be okay. I don't really know. I don't know. I'm still kind of feeling my way through this, but both of them were musicians. So they both kind of touched on a few similar themes. And if I can get a couple more musicians to talk on those themes and that whole moth style episode will totally work, but I don't know for sure yet. <laughs> and the first one isn't even up yet, but we'll be up yeah, soon, no. I hope. 
And I'm, I'm hoping to get at least um, the featured episodes because one of the musicians is uh, Kirsten Marilyn, and she just released a new album, so I want to at least get her featured interview up. And the other one is uh, Robin Anderson, who is like she was the starting vocalist for Postmodern Jukebox, and I want to get hers up in the near future too because she's doing more solo stuff now. But you know, I'm still trying to feel this out, and I haven't been able to be at my computer a lot lately, so editing has been tricky. Yeah, there's this whole thing called, you know, life gets in the way of the process. Yeah, and my life is very much in the way of all of my processes right now. <laughs> <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, there is a monthly project you have called Fandom Battles. Yes, and that one I'm doing through my Patreon page. So once a month, I pick a weird overarching topic, and then I assign five characters within that topic, or five properties... Um, last month it was Alien Savior Stories, in which the Fifth Element won that one, so I did art of uh, Lilu and Ruby Rod and the uh, Diva. Um, and then this month it is Likeable Villains, so I think it's Mr. Gold. Um, crap, I can't remember who else is up there right now. Dang it, I totally blanked. There are five Likeable Villains who are being debated over as we speak, <laughs> and whoever wins the voting process there which, you know, people can go to patreon.com slash shadedareas and vote via comment, and, you know, then I'll do art of that. And it's just an easy way to make it interactive, so I'm doing things people want. Now, the, the whole point of Patreon is a kind of reciprocity of process. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a constant ongoing Kickstarter, where instead of funding a very large singular burst project you're funding a person who creates regular content and it works really well for like musicians and video producers and stuff but not it's kind of tricky for artists so i'm trying to find a way to make it work better why why is it i mean there are there are a lot of uh gosh and i and i can't jeff jacques who does uh, a web comic and also yeah. has a patreon page Web comics work very well for it too because they're, again they're putting out regular content that's on a like a thread, whereas there are a couple other artists who are just doing like fan art portraits or original portraits or some kind of other artwork, and they basically reward patrons with um, monthly artwork. But unless people like are really followers of that artist or have a penchant for collecting artwork in general, like that's not a fantastically good system of rewarding your like people who are helping you continue doing what you like. So I'm trying to find a better way to do that where there's a conversation involved. For our listeners who aren't aware of what the Patreon page and the Patreon system is, it's essentially much like a court artist during the Middle Ages in that there are people who support that artist through donation to allow them to be able to do the art for their patrons. Yeah. And that is, that is the whole patron system that began in the Middle Ages. And it's, it's updated for the internet and has taken on a whole new life with the Patreon page. Uh, and it's, it's an ongoing and evolving process right now. 
Yeah, it's getting really interesting, but it's exactly that concept, except instead of having one really wealthy patron who funds one artist, now it's a crowdfund of like a bunch of people who like the stuff and will give smaller donations so that artists can continue doing things without panicking about rent. <laughs> Which in these times is a panicking thing. Yeah. You know, artists, the, the life of an artist, the most talented of artists is, is feeling that same economic pinch now that they did in the 1600s i i definitely know in two weeks i leave for awesome con dc and then i have new york special edition the week after and when i come home i don't have an apartment yet and i don't know if i can find one in time so i'm going to be figuring that out in the process but i lost this place so i have to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> um and and your patreon page is again it is patreon.com slash shaded areas. Very cool. And if that wasn't enough. <laughs> and Lord knows it should be. <laughs> I, I stay very busy for someone who can't pay his rent bill. Exactly. <laughs> You're about to launch an Indiegogo campaign? I actually spent all day today getting it launched so that it would be in existence by the time we did this interview. <laughs> I was going to give it another week or two, but I decided I should get it squeezed in since I was going to be on today. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about that just a little bit. Um, so before I did art professionally, I, I was just kind of sketching as a hobby. I was a professional tarot card reader on the side of my real job, Quotey Fingers. Um, and... I kind of quit doing this professional tarot reading after three or four years and started teaching other tarot readers. Um, and out of all that time, I think I've taught 24 plus people and at least four to six of them are still reading professionally to this day. Um, and I've always wanted to design my own tarot deck, but I've never had the time to dedicate to it. And uh, with the podcast going on hiatus and with the apartment going away and me not having to worry about other like commission bursts at the moment because it's been non-con season i kind of threw all of my energy into getting this done now so i have a tarot deck up on indiegogo called the dreamscape tarot and it is a very weird take on the traditional tarot structure like and most people are familiar with the writer white style of you know it has the fool and the hierarchy and you know kings and queens of cups and coins and stuff and I kind of stripped out a whole bunch of the things that have always made it troublesome when teaching people to read cards, like all the stuff that always got in the way, and kind of reformatted everything with a very surreal, dreamlike tone to it. And I removed all the gender aspects from all the characters, and I renamed a bunch of the things that were confusing. Like, there's a card called the Hierophant. Nobody knows what the hell a Hierophant is, so... Why are we still doing that? So I pulled that and gave it an appropriate name that people would understand. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time making this work, and I'm hoping that it goes well, because I'd like it to. <laughs> it would always be a good thing if it does. It would always be a good thing if it does. And on top of that, as, as you kind of glossed over very quickly, con season's beginning. Yes. And... I have a lot, not actually, I probably have less cons lined up this year because part of the reason that I'm losing my place is because last year's con seasons like 
fell apart all around me. Like I lost so much money last year because of different conventions that for some reason, artist alley collapsed. Really? Yeah. There was this like Baltimore had a whole bunch of weird issues where like, actually Bob Shaw and I over dinner with Roger Andrews and George at one point, we were all sitting around chit chatting and like all of Bob's guys made far less money than they expected to at Baltimore. And most of the artists that I know did like lost huge amounts of money. And that's pretty much the one that kicked out my legs from under me because they had moved to a different venue or not a different venue, a different section of the same venue. And like this year they're, the con's going to be two weeks later than normal. And they announced that before last year's con. So everyone thought it wasn't happening when it was happening. And it just turned into this whole mess. So how did that change um, your approach to conventions this year? I kind of just like normally George books us for a few of the big ones. Like we'll do six together. And then I kind of go off and do a whole bunch of other ones on my own. And I, just kind of like it wiped out like last year, the few combined failures that happened wiped out my savings. And then I just didn't have the money to put into getting tables this year. So if George didn't pre-order our tables for us, then I didn't get tables for him. So that kind of just screwed me up that way. So what is your schedule like for this year then? This year, um, you know, I had that written down somewhere nearby, and now I don't. I thought you had, which is um, all I know. Yeah, no, um, I immediately started looking for it, and I don't see it in front of me anymore. The uh, ones that I know for sure are: we have Awesome Con at the end of this month in DC, and then a week later. We have New York Special Edition, which I didn't even realize that we had gotten into because apparently when they notified me, I never got that email. So I found out because they did the follow-up thing like, hey, we haven't gotten your contract back. Do you still want in? And I was like, what? Because I've never gotten into New York Comic-Con or Chicago or Dragon Con or any of the ones that are highly curated. So this is the first time I've gotten through that wall, which I you know, wasn't going to say no to that. <laughs> well, no, that's a good one. Yeah, and I know we have Boston, and I know we have, um, I think we might be doing Vermont, we might be doing Comic-Con down at Mohegan Sun this year, which that's the new venue for them, the Comic-Con, or Connecticut Comic-Con, I guess is what it's called. Connecticut um, Mohegan Sun this year? No, not Connecticut. that's the like anime one that I also used to do, but I'm not doing this year. There's yeah. Comic-Con with two ends at the end, also known as Connecticut Comic-Con. And that one used to be in Trumbull, and then that moved to, like, a stadium this this past year, and now it's going to Mohegan Sun this coming year. So, that's going to be interesting. And, and then I think Rhode Island again, as per usual, but I think those are the only ones that I have off memory. Mm, yeah, sounds, good lineup. And it's enough yeah, to keep me busy, given all this other stuff I'm still trying to cope with. Well, you'll be happy to know that Elvira, Mistress, Mistress of the Dark, was just uh, booked in Boston Comic Con this year. Very neat. <laughs> I didn't even know Ellie Apple was going to be there. I'm going to need to get on that place. Wow. Oh, I wonder if you've got Karen Gillian. Hmm. Who else have they announced thus far? 
So yeah, things are happening. Uh, I, have, I have way too many things going so on for somebody who doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> well, well, Dome is going to pontificate over the guest list. I'm going to do this. Yes, <laughs> uh, Damn. Listening to Dome pontificate over the guest list. Well, fun. <laughs> it's fun that I'm going to selfishly reserve for not myself. Um, we have no coming up calendar, really, to speak of at the moment, because it's a surprise. So secret? There. Total secret. <laughs> so, Sir Sarah. Yeah. Well, Sci-Fi Saturday Night, the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic-Con, bookandbooze.com, and comicarthouse.com. Visit comicarthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outdoor music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on lawrencemademecry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Dome? I want to thank Griffin S. for joining us tonight. He's the man of many talents, the man of many projects, and evidently the man of also many apartments. Griff, good luck to you. Talk to you really soon, buddy. <laughs> From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Brianna, and moving the boards on brilliant. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us tonight. Yeah, don't forget to bite me. Yeah, continuing your own personal galaxy quest, Sir Sarah, once again, thank you. And this is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone in Auckland.